Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yvette, keep it down! Bloody hell, there she goes again. This organ playing is non-stop. I'm even hearing it in my dreams when I can actually get some sleep. Now, I'm sure you're a little bit confused about hearing my voice instead of Yvette's, but rest assured, you are still listening to the Paranormal Activity Podcast. My name's Molly, and I'm the producer of the podcast, and if you've got in touch with us on email, WhatsApp, or socials, it's probably me who you've spoken to. Now, we get so many amazing paranormal stories coming through to us, whether it is on email at contact at paranormalpod.co.uk, on WhatsApp on 07-5999-27537 or even on our Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. We get so much mail, we struggle to fit it into the main episode, so we've decided to dedicate a whole episode just to share some of these amazing stories. This is Paranormal Activities Mystery Mail Time on a Monday with me, Molly. So right now I'm in the Paranormal Activity Studios... I reside in the basement, which is where I spend most of my time. Whilst Yvette's playing the organ upstairs, it's the only solace I get in my day is to come down into the basement and read your lovely letters. Now, as you can probably hear, we have a bit of a bat problem at the minute, but it does keep some of the mice away, keeps things a bit tidier. You've just got to be careful where you sit. It is a bit like a scene from Harry Potter here. Oh, oh, here we go. Here's our first mail of the day from one of our mail owls. Thank you very much. Let's have a look what we have here. So we got this email through from Katie Slade, and she writes, Hi Yvette, it's taken me a while to pluck up the courage, but after listening to your episode on Poltergeist, I thought I'd take the plunge and share my story with you. I hope you find it interesting. I'm sure we will. I'm 44 now, but these incidents date back to 2001, when I was in my early 20s and struggling through a really difficult period of my life. I was just about holding down a job and needed a new place to live when I came across a recently renovated top floor flat in a large Victorian era house. The place was freshly painted, a new kitchen and bathroom and high ceilings with original coving, but my favourite feature by far was the beautiful wooden sash bay windows. I really thought I'd looked out. I feel like this might take a turn. The building itself was quite lovely. The original stained glass still remained around the large door to the entrance space, as did the black and red checkerboard terracotta lobby floor. When the light was right and the sun shone through, you could easily imagine the full skirt of a well-heeled Victorian lady sweeping up round the staircase to retire to her room. We haven't heard of any paranormal events as of yet, but could there be some stone tape theory here? There's still some original Victorian parts of the house. Let's find out. 
When I met with the landlords, they told me that the previous tenant, another young woman, had moved out suddenly before her six months tenancy agreement was up, so they were keen for me to sign the papers and move in quickly. I thought this was a fantastic piece of good luck, but in retrospect, the last tenant's unexpected departure now makes a lot of sense. The big red flag there. What's made her move out so quickly? The first thing I noticed on the day I moved in was the unusual atmosphere in the main room of the flat. It felt weirdly like having a head full of cotton wool, a numbing, airless feeling that completely lifted when you left the property. I've always felt that every house has a unique personality, smell, and trace of the history of the people who have made their lives in them over the years. For some of my childhood, we lived in an ex-coal miner's cottage, which was built in 1842. During our time living there, we had several strange happenings, including a time where my little brother saw a ghostly man with a beard sitting in our dad's chair one morning, and another when my brother and I shared a room and watched the black shape of a man in an old-fashioned hat, standing in the doorway, watching us in our beds. My God, that's terrifying. Needless to say, we screamed the house down, and not long after that, our parents swapped our rooms about. Ever since growing up in this little house with its many spooky quirks, I felt drawn to older homes for that feeling of history, bristling with the echoes of human experiences built up over time like the layers of paint and wallpaper that line the walls themselves. Not so with my new flat, as I would soon find out. This place had an atmosphere I can only liken to a vacuum, an emotionless deafness of a space, but, lost in the busyness of my moving day, I had no time to contemplate anything other than unpacking boxes and organising my things in an ultimately failed attempt to make the flat feel like my own. Before I continue, I completely agree with you there that every home has its own unique feel to it. From the people that have lived there before, what's happened in the house, the energy stays around and it seems like you can feel a, more of an unwelcome energy here. My flat was upstairs and at the front of the house, overlooking a little garden. As you entered, the living areas were to the right and the bathroom to the left. The living area and kitchen of my flat were open plan and would have originally been a large upstairs master bedroom. The smaller adjoining bedroom next door, where I slept, would have been accessed via the landing, but after remodeling, the door was blocked off and the bedroom was entered directly off the main living room. The back section of the house was sectioned off similarly into self-contained living spaces, as were the front and back rooms on the ground floor. So we've got four flats in this house, all separated. Could something have happened? The fact that you were in the bedroom, could someone have maybe passed away there? I still know we haven't heard any paranormal activity yet, but I'm just sort of building myself up ready for it. When my dad finally left after helping me move, it was getting dark. Exhausted, I shut the door on the boxes and clutter, crawled into my partially made bed and dropped into a deep sleep. I would have been asleep for no more than half an hour when I was jolted awake by an excruciating loud alarm. The kind made by a bell and hammer rather than an electronic one. I jumped out of bed, pulled on my jeans and in a panicked half-waking state, traced my hands along the wall at chest height, trying to remember where the light switch was. Flicking it on, I realised the sound was emanating from beyond the living room door, in the small entrance area to the flat. It was a fire alarm. It was fixed near the ceiling and I hadn't noticed it before now, but in the quietness of night, it was the only thing in my world. I was like a deer caught in headlights. I couldn't think of anything worse waking up to a fire alarm half asleep. The alarm bell was far too high for me to reach without a set of steps to reach it. Even worse, it just gets worse. You poor lady, Kate. I had no idea what to do. I wouldn't either, just panic. 
The sound of heavy footsteps running up the stairs towards me broke my trance and out of the gloom came a tall bear of a middle-aged man who, with a clenched jaw and a quiet but furious voice, explained that he was my downstairs neighbour and that he worked earlies and what the hell was I playing at, burning toast or something in this time of night? I tried to explain that I had no idea why the alarm went off, but the man wasn't interested. He pushed past me, muttering under his breath, and reached up, somehow managing to stop the ringing. Without saying anything more to me, he descended heavy-footed down the stairs, leaving me once again to my now disconcertingly quiet flat, not at all ready to go back to sleep. The fire alarm incident was odd, but not entirely unexplainable, I told myself. So I chalked it up to one of those things and did my best to calm myself and drifted off into broken sleep. This incident is not going to be the only one, maybe just the start. The next few days were about getting things in order, putting up shelves, arranging the furniture how I liked, trying to settle in. It wasn't long before I began to feel a little bit more than anxious towards night time, as when I closed the door to my bedroom, I began to feel that although I was retiring to bed, whatever was in the living room remained awake, busying itself as I tried to sleep. The sensation was like those old TV sets that you could hear were on even though they were muted and out of sight, a feeling of a presence. However silly it sounds, I even began to say goodnight to the empty room when I shut my bedroom door at night and slept with my back to the adjoining wall, as the thought of sleeping facing that room made me unnervingly vulnerable. The fact that you're saying goodbye to the room shows how unnerved you are. It also reminds me of another haunting in Lincolnshire, in Lincoln actually. This is probably one of Lincoln's most famous ghosts. It's in a restaurant at the top of Steep Hill, and it was almost haunted actually, so I know Yvette's been there. Um, and it's haunted by a, a boy called Humphrey. Humphrey's quite a mischievous spirit. One of the chefs could hear him running around upstairs and pots and pans would have moved and obviously put them a bit on edge because you're dealing with knives in kitchens, ovens, gas, things like that. They didn't want to make it so little Humphrey's getting a bit too brave with his mischievous antics. So he started saying, good morning, Humphrey. Don't mind me, Humphrey. And as soon as he started addressing the spirit, all the moving of pots and pans and running around stopped, so maybe Humphrey just wanted to be noticed. Maybe this is what this spirit wants. Who's to say? Not long after the move, the shower stopped working and the water from the taps would turn cold or wouldn't work at all. Although my landlords called the plumber to fix whatever the problem was several times, in the last six months I spent in the property, nothing in the bathroom ever really worked as it should. The plumber was at a loss as to what the problem was. I had to take showers at my parents' house, which I didn't mind too much, as when I was in the bathroom, I always felt I was being watched. It felt wrong to undress in that room, like it was an indecent thing to do. And when I did shower, brush my teeth or use the loo, it was done hastily as to limit my time in there as much as possible. The shiny new tiles, new sink, toilet and shower couldn't offset the permanent sense of unease I felt in that part of the house. Unlike the living room, which was devoid of any vibe, the bathroom chose a side. When walking into that room, there was a noticeable and depressive change in air pressure that I could feel in my ears and head and at times made me nauseous. It even looked darker in there, like the atmosphere was too thick for the light from the window to properly penetrate. I'm surprised you lasted coming up to six months in such a hostile environment and atmosphere, to be honest, Katie. The alarm going off and the strange feelings around my home were odd, but much weirder things were to come. Strapping your seatbelts, everybody. One day, maybe a month after moving in, I was sitting cross-legged on my sofa, which was positioned in the large bay window area. 
quietly watching the television. Then, to the right of me, over by my breakfast bar kitchen, I was distracted by some sort of movement. By this point, I had begun to realise that my new flat often felt a bit off, so I nervously glanced over to see what might or might not be there. Nothing. Thank goodness. I turned back to the TV and the strangest thing happened. Three dried orange pips dropped onto my lap from above me, right in front of my face. One, two, three. I was so surprised by this that I wasn't immediately shocked, more confused. I had been eating oranges the day before. The skins and seeds were still in my kitchen bin, but that was yesterday, so how could they just drop into my lap? I slowly looked directly above my lap to see where they'd come from. I'm not really sure what I expected to see, but of course there was nothing there. I spent a few minutes just trying to make sense of it all, but I couldn't. I began to feel a cold, almost tingling sensation creep up from my shoulder down the left side of my back, which made me stand up suddenly and catapulted the orange seeds onto the carpet. I picked them up hastily and tossed them in the bin, grabbed my coat and left the flat to clear my head. I walked over to my parents' house for my regular shower and shared what had happened with them. My mum joked that I might have a poltergeist and to check the house was built on an Indian burial ground. I laughed, but it was a hollow laugh, knowing that I had to go back there that evening to sleep. Where the hell did those orange pips come from? What was that about? Maybe it's doing what Humphrey's trying to do and just show you that it's there. But why does it want you to know it's there? Hmm. From that point on, I decided to talk to my flat as I went about my days. It sounds strange, but it felt somehow appropriate. I'd say hello when I got home and asked it not to do anything else frightening when I was on my own. The latter with which, to its credit, it complied. The next incident happened when my younger brother and his friend dropped by. I lived on a main road on the way to town and so as they were passing they decided to say hello and look around my new home. To be hospitable I poured them both a drink and we stood at my breakfast bar with our glasses, smoking and chatting about where they were going and the things that were happening in their lives. That was when my brother started to look puzzled. Have you got my drink? he asked, as his eyes searched up and down the work surface. Both my brother's friend and I had drinks in our hands, but the third glass was nowhere to be seen. I just reached down to pick it up and now it's not there, my brother said in confused amazement. We could all see the ring the glass had left, but it most definitely wasn't anywhere we could see. Instinctively, we all turned round to scan the room to locate the glass, and it wasn't long before we spotted it almost simultaneously. It was neatly placed on my coffee table, across the other side of the room next to my sofa, almost as if someone had been sitting there and set it down for a moment. Nah, that's not right, said my brother in a low voice. It wasn't. It wasn't right one bit. We all knew that since coming into my home, neither had been over that side of the living room. The only way the glass could have gotten there, well, none of us could figure it out. Nervously, I blurted out about the alarm going off, the orange seeds incident, the strange feelings I'd been experiencing, and despite being young men, usually brim full of bravado, they both said shaky goodbyes hastily and left. So even they were scared. You're so brave for staying there, Katie. Like, I think everybody applauds you for hanging on for so long. The last and most bizarre event to take place at the flat actually took place when I was away for the evening, the flat sticking faithfully to our agreement. Having been out late to a nightclub, I decided to stay at a friend's house and catch an early bus home. But as soon as my key turned in the lock and I entered the lobby, the door to the ground floor flat was flung open and towards me marched the big angry man I recognised from the night I moved in. From the look on his face, I actually thought he was going to hit me. Panicked, I backed up against the wall as he towered over me and bellowed, What were you doing all night? I told you I work early. I haven't had a wink of sleep. 
Obviously, I had no idea what he was talking about and stunned from the ambush, I told him that I had no idea what was going on and that I hadn't been home since the previous day. This seemed to make him even more cross. Don't lie to me, he shouted. All we've heard all night is people been running around your flat, TV turned up loud and then quiet, loud and quiet, doors opening and closing, furniture being moved. What the hell was going on? He turned back to who I assumed was his wife or girlfriend standing in the door to their flat. She was nodding but said nothing. I tried to get my words out. I've been out all night. It wasn't me. I really don't know what you're talking about. So you let your friends round to party when you're out then? Is that it? He said. I replied I didn't understand what happened and started upstairs to see what shape my flat was in. I don't mind admitting that I was very nervous as I turned the key and entered the room. I expected chaos. Had I been burgled? Was there someone still there? But there was no one. Nothing. My flat was exactly as I left it. Not a cushion or coaster out of place. That's so interesting that it only seems to be happening in your flat and nobody else's. I wonder if this is exactly what happened with the previous tenant and the fact that you didn't say, please don't do anything, you know, while I'm around, while I'm on my own. The spirits have just gone loose when you're not there and had their own little party, I guess. Checking the bedroom and bathroom, I just couldn't get my head around what happened. Slumping down on my sofa, I called my dad to come over. I felt threatened by the man downstairs and hoped he could speak with him and set things straight. The man just reiterated what he'd heard. The noise, the shifting of furniture, the TV blaring. My dad suggested we speak with the people who lived across the landing. They were a nice couple in their late 20s who denied hearing any noise or disturbance. That's when I decided I had to leave. This was too weird. I called my landlords and I gave them the bad news. I'd lost my deposit and they'd lost the second tenant in less than a year. The flat I moved into next was a gloomy old place, a bit damp and in need of a lick of paint, but for the first time in months I was sleeping properly and didn't feel on edge all the time. Not long after this move, I met my husband and my life began to take a turn for the better. It wasn't the first paranormal experience I'd had and certainly not the last, but it definitely made a turning point in my life. Anyway, thank you for letting me share my story. I've not told many people about these strange happenings. What do you think? Great podcast, look forward to it every week. All the best, Katie. Thanks so much for sending that through. That was an absolute roller coaster of emotions and what an experience you've had in that flat. This whole story is written absolutely beautifully and I'm still in shock that you lasted as long as you did. It sounds like there was definitely something in your flat that didn't want you or anyone in the space. Perhaps it did just want attention or something like that. Or like Humphrey in Brown's Pie Shop in Lincolnshire, maybe it just wanted you to realise that it was there. And when you did, it was like a mutual understanding or a mutual cohabitation sort of thing. Um, Your neighbour sounds horrible, (laughs) I'll say that. Um, And I can't believe he wasn't as understanding or wasn't willing to believe you. And it's really strange that the neighbours on the same floor as you didn't even hear anything or didn't have any activity themselves. As Yvette says on the podcast, seeing is believing and you've definitely seen something and I'm sure you do believe that something was in that house, whether it is a spirit, whether it's stone tape theory and that energy is in those old features, original features from the flat, who's to say? I'd really love to hear your thoughts. If you wanted to get in touch on our socials, drop me an email, either contact at paranormalpod.co.uk or molly at paranormalpod.co.uk. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one because I can't put my finger on what this could have been in this flat. 
I want to say a huge thank you to Katie again. We'll have two fresh stories for you next week. And who knows, it might be your story that I read out. I want to say a big thank you to listening to this bonus episode of Mystery Mail Time on a Monday with me, Molly. If you have any suggestions for a better name for this episode, I am more than open to hearing them. We're back again on Thursday with a normal episode, but in the meantime, stay up to date with everything going on Paranormal Activity by giving us a follow. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other ones, please rate and review. We really, really want to hear from you. You are the centre of this whole podcast, this whole community. You can send in your questions, suggestions, stories, audio clips to contact at paranormalpod.co.uk or if you want to get in touch straight with me, it's molly at paranormalpod.co.uk and don't forget, we have that WhatsApp. Send us your voice notes. It can be anonymous. Nobody's going to know it's you if that's what you want. If you want to let us know your name, I'm happy to spread the word and you can send in your voice notes, get your pens and papers ready. 07 27537 Once again, that is 07 27537 Go on, you know you want to. And we also have our socials where you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. That's at Paranormal Activity Pod on Facebook and Instagram and at P Activity Pod on Twitter. And as always, if you want to find any bonus content, go to www.paranormalpod.co.uk. Now, I don't know if I have the qualifications to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Remember, things aren't always as they seem. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.